Welcome to Nonprofits Let's Cut to the Chase, a micro podcast series brought to you by the Greater Cincinnati Nonprofit News, your connection for nonprofit news and jobs. In each episode, you will join Jane Page Steiner, owner and publisher of the Greater Cincinnati Nonprofit News, as she talks with leaders and professionals about topics and issues of interest to the nonprofit community. Tune in as we cut to the chase and help you quickly gain knowledge and insights on important nonprofit issues. Welcome to Nonprofits Let's Cut to the Chase. I'm your host, Jane Page Steiner. Every nonprofit contemplates how to best engage and cultivate their donors. Does your nonprofit articulate and leverage its vision and goals when talking with potential donors? Today, we will be talking about creating conversations with your donors that will inspire them to invest in your organization. I'm excited to welcome our guest, Scott Provancher, President and CEO of Ignite Philanthropy, as we discuss why money follows vision. Welcome, Scott. Great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, great. We're really excited to be with you, and I've been looking forward to this conversation. Before we get started, I want to remind our listeners to stick around till the end of the podcast when we will hear a fun joke from Scott, as we always like to end with a smile. So Scott, let's jump right in and cut to the chase. I think it can be both exciting and daunting for nonprofit boards and executives and staff as they begin to think about approaching major donors for a capital campaign or a major gift. In your experience, as they begin to prepare, what kind of things do you think they need to consider? One thing that I learned, uh, which took me all the way through my career to learn this, was that uh, without really charting the, the vision of where you want it to go and how that person can really play a role in that, uh, those conversations were very challenging. And it, that's, that was a distinct, I think, difference between where... Um, the typical conversations would be relative to an annual gift versus something something more significant. Um, and it really got me on this path of kind of stepping back as an organizational leader and making sure that as an organization, we understood where we wanted to go before we were having that conversation uh, with a donor. And I guess what I mean when I talk about where do you want to go, uh, a lot of the conversation, I think, nonprofits have in their maybe annual fundraising or just kind of communication is really, you know, talking about the personal stories of their institution and how they are changing mm -hmm. lives. Uh, but when, what I've realized is when asking folks to invest significant resources, there's both a head and the heart conversation mm -hmm. in that, uh, yes, they need to be emotionally drawn and, and wanting to help you uh, to, to affect lives, affect change, or inspire folks to change. Um, but they also need to see the, their role. They need to understand the math. They need to understand what resources are needed and what investments are needed for the organization to, to get to that place that, that uh, will improve those lives. And being a little bit more... Um, uh, uh, both visionary and um, articulate in the in those conversations was was really important. Well, as you think about that, and and again, maybe just based on 
some of your experiences or some of the organizations you, you've worked with. Can you share maybe some things that you think really helps potential donors truly see an organization's vision? Because I think that's easy to talk about, but how do you really get them to see it in a way that maybe some staff members and board members that really been living it, right? So how do you pull them into that? A great question. Um, there's kind of five things that uh, I probably have tattooed on me by now <laughs> in, in our work uh, that I always kind of go through these five things in my head when I'm trying to evaluate, you know, do we have the right ingredients for a conversation with someone uh, about a major gift? And, and, and I would just pause and say like major gift is different for every organization. You know, $10,000 is a major gift for one organization and $10 million is a major gift for others. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of similarities to, to anybody that's, that's going to dig deep and support an organization beyond something that's just very um, within their capability and easy to do, uh, I think has this same frame around it. And those five things that f for me are, you know, what's the problem you're trying to solve? What's the bigger context right. Uh, for which your organization exists and and the the purpose for your being and really being able to articulate that uh, and then why you why is your organization so um, unique in solving that problem or taking action on that opportunity and I think the the next two things are really important that that I think are missed a lot and that is what's needed for you to affect that change or for you to go after that opportunity or solve that problem. And that, you know, is typically in the form of, oh, we need a new facility or, or we need resources to do X. We need to hire more caseworkers. We need, you know, whatever it might be, really being able to articulate what, what is needed to get you there. And then four would be the impact, you know, what's going to be different at the end of the day from, the investments that someone makes from where they are now. And then the fifth is, is more related to the actual conversation with a donor. And that is how can they help in making sure that you're clear on what role you're asking them to play. And I think that also is, is kind of a cardinal sin in, in the fundraising is really not articulating the reason why that $25,000 gift or that million dollar gift is important that they do that mm -hmm. and not just say, we'd like you to give a lot of money and uh, to have some logic and reason based on your plan that says, if we can get three donors that all do this level, we get to this point and that allows us to do X, but being able to, I think, meaningfully and authentically articulate their, their role in that path that you wanna take them on. No, I like that. That's very helpful. And like you said, I think that can apply to large organizations that are going after multi-million dollar gifts or organizations that are going after, um, like you said, a $10,000 gift. That's great. I think it's it's a good framework for people to consider. That's very helpful. And one aspect of that, I guess I'd like to explore a little more, you talked about impact and you know the importance of including that. You know, in your mind, what kind of things does that include or how do you articulate that? Like how much do you have to frame that up? Yeah, I think it it really depends on the organization, and 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 in our work, we're working with arts organizations and faith based and social service organizations, and, and that impact can look drastically different. Um, but maybe a good example, um, you know, we we work with Free Store Food Bank, and um, we're we're getting close to concluding a campaign with them, 
And um, there, uh, there's a lot of, you know, an organization with that breadth of, of work in the community, you know, there could have been a lot of goals and a lot of impact measures, but they really focused on a couple key areas that were really around the two areas that mattered to them. And that was feeding the line, which is making sure that they filled the meal gap and people did not go hungry, but also looking at the longer term, what's the opportunity gap? How are you giving individuals tools and the ability to get themselves out of poverty? And so they set in the impact measures, they really talked about closing the 55 million meals a year that's required uh, in order to fill that meal gap by 2025, I think it was. Don't hold me to it if anybody from Free Story is, is listening. Um, and then setting real targets around their, their workforce development programs and training programs in terms of increasing the number of, of uh, individuals and families that would be receiving those resources. And so that was a very, I think, um, it, it was a mix between a very visionary meal gap conversation and also a little bit more tactical impact around, hey, if we're gonna really affect poverty, it's gonna happen one person at a time. But they were able to, to say with this investment in this time frame, we will be able to do that. Um, and and you know, you you maybe put the that in comparison to like a music hall project mm -hmm. where it was really about saving an icon. It was about painting this vision of this iconic institution that's been around uh, for over a century and what that will mean mm -hmm. for generations to come. And could we imagine our community without it? And the vision was more about this you know, generation passing these assets in the community to the next generation and leaving them in, the, in, the, in a place that you know, we can all be proud of. So it wasn't so much like, hey, there's gonna be X number of programs and graduations and things happening in Music Hall. It was really painting that vision for what does this institution mean in the community and why investing in it right now is really important and a critical turning point for you know, the community as a whole. Before we get back to our interview, need help recruiting experienced and qualified applicants for your nonprofit job openings? Posting your job openings with the Greater Cincinnati Nonprofit News will help you reach thousands of experienced nonprofit professionals each week. To learn more, go to our jobs page on our website at jpsnonprofit.com. So one of the things I wanted to touch on too that sort of in your experience, what do you think are some mistakes a nonprofit can make with talking to potential donors? <laughs> I, I have um, maybe a little bit of a hit list that I, uh, I'm guilty of uh, probably doing these things too. And I'll focus it more on the fundraising side of things, obviously, okay. as we're, we're kind of talking about that. Uh, one I would say is not putting any concept of urgency around your conversation. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's very rare that I would uh, talk to an, a nonprofit executive and it'd be like, we got plenty of time to deal with this. This isn't a big deal. Um, you know, whenever the money comes in, that's great. And yet I see over and over how a conversation is left with no urgency and no concept of timeline with a potential funder. And I think that's just always a big mistake. Even if the, you can't be on the same timeline that your donor is, I think it's important for them to know that because it could change it changes the entire tenor of the conversation for someone to say like, hey, well, listen, I know you're trying to get this done by the end of the month, but I don't meet with the family's foundation board until next quarter. 
that's an important conversation to have because that that's not going to be something that you're necessarily going to change, but it can be something that you can leverage and think about uh, and, and potentially change your strategy to, to make it work. Um, so I think urgency is a big one. Um, the other, this is pretty tactical, but I, I, I see it a lot as, as well. And that is not really giving your donors the order of magnitude of what it's going to take to accomplish the things you're trying to accomplish. And um, I think underplaying it. Yeah, I almost, I, I, I say don't negotiate against yourself a lot um, because I, I feel like we've gone into a conversation already negotiating ourselves out of what we actually need by saying, oh, well, they might not, you know, they might not consider a gift that large or that's going to be way too much for them to consider or, or that problem is way too, you know, if we should tell them it's going to be $10 million to do this, they're going to lose their mind. And then all of a sudden you're creating a strategy that doesn't work because you've backed yourself out of the resources that you actually need. And I just, I just think organizations need to be authentic and honest and, and talk with their donors about these strategies. The other big mistake is that you don't talk strategy with your donors. You try to come in and sell them on this great, even sell them on this great vision and, and you know, give a great example of how it's changing people's lives but then you've left out all of the ways on how you're trying to get there and in really engaging them in that conversation. Well, I think we're, our time's about up. Do you have any final thoughts? The one thing that I, um, I think, again, took me a long time to um, uh, come to the realization or have the light bulb moment, and that is to think in a visionary way and don't think in an incremental way. Mm-hmm. and create your organizational strategy based on that because I don't see any organizations getting to their goals transforming the community with incremental growth uh, I think the the organizations that we see um, really growing their impact and becoming healthier and more sustainable are are doing it in kind of transformational leaps. They're selling people on the path for the next five years or the path for the next 10 years and finding a revenue strategy that supports that that vision. And tweaking your annual fund by 5% every year is not, the, the math doesn't work. You can't do more than you're doing now. And it's not to downplay the importance of a sustainable growing revenue stream for your organization but often that revenue stream is paying for stuff that's already been created. And if you're trying to create more change, growth, or solve, solve a problem um, that isn't solved now, those take, those takes additional jolts to the, to, to the, the revenue model to make them happen. So, and that comes when you step back and you, you create that vision of where the organization wants to go. And again, what is it going to take me to get there and, and allowing people to go on that path with you? So I like that ending with think big. Yes. Yeah. I like that. So you ready to share your joke? I, I am. This, this will be a nod. Uh, after I, after I tell it, um, it, it will be a nod to uh, my past, which I can explain. Okay. But uh, what do you call someone who hangs around with musicians? What do you call someone that hangs around with musicians? A drummer. <laughs> and did you used to play drums? Yes, I'm, I went to conservatory for classical percussion.
Oh, that's great, Scott. And what a fun little dig at drummers. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, it's easy to share our podcast with your colleagues, board members, and volunteers. You can download our episodes on our podcast page on our website at jpsnonprofit.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for Nonprofits Let's Cut to the Chase.